Welcome back to A Handbook for Handbook for Mortals, which is usually a podcast where we go chapter by chapter into a deep dive of Lanny Sarum's Handbook for Mortals. If you want to listen to that, I suggest you go back to season one because we are now starting season two. I'm Megan Griffin, and I am joined by a new co-host who is going to be amazing, and I hope everyone is as excited about it as I am. Elle Riccardi. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm also so excited and I hope everybody <laughs> loves me too. They should. If not, you might as well just subscribe because she's staying and she's amazing. Yeah, so. if you don't like me, I'm really sorry. I'm going to talk for approximately <laughs> 50% of this podcast. So oh, now's well. the time to get off the train, kids. <laughs> so we are still on a bit of a hiatus because, uh, well, I have vacation coming up. And uh, it's summer, so you're in wedding season. Yeah, I'm a wedding photographer, and it's really (laughs) busy, and I have a weekday job, so. Yes, I don't know how you do that. Uh, No sleep. That's the answer. I don't sleep, and I drink a lot in between. (laughs) The perfect answer, the perfect way to deal with life. Extremely healthy. It's, like, up there with flossing on the list of things that, like, doctors recommend you do all the time. Dentists. Yes. Dentists recommend it, not doctors. Uh, that you don't do enough of, you don't drink enough, and you sleep way too much. Yeah. That's what the dentist tells me every single time, which is why I don't see the dentist ever. Um, <laughs> Elle has officially joined, and uh, we are going to be changing up the format a little bit going forward. Uh, this podcast will still stay true to the any handbook for mortal gossip Uh, anything related to the books. When the movie comes out, we're going to go see it. When the new books come out, we are going to go back chapter by chapter through them. Because we're both sadists, and apparently we just (laughs) love the shit out of Lanny Serum. Yes, we do. We're probably her biggest fans at this point. You know, I honestly was incredibly bummed that I could not meet her and just be like, thank you for giving me a podcast where I can talk about bad books. I really think we need to go get you a tattoo of the questions you have to have for her (laughs) on your arm so that you have them ready at any given moment. Like, if you're not ready to, like, mool on this every morning and write down the stuff on your arm. But even then, we can't trust that because what if you meet the matchmaker and she accidentally scrubs it all off and then you meet Lanny Serum and you say snacks instead of act. Oh, man. Sorry, I'm deep diving on Mulan right now. <laughs> no, but I'm so happy for it because I have so many thoughts about the live action. Um, but we'll get into that another time. <laughs> That's a tangent for another podcast. <laughs> Probably for this one at a later date. Okay, but so, really quick, can, if they're going to like do Mulan, can they hire someone who can sing? Because Emma Watson sounds like a robot. Anyways. Agreed. Agreed. I, there's a lot about the new Mulan one that I am not excited for. So it'll be interesting to see what happens my friend Faye put together some really great tweets about it that uh Hmm. i I should link to she's a huge mulan fan um and yeah there's a lot there that uh has me very apprehensive about the movie but anyways speaking of apprehensive (laughs) movies we're apprehensive about (laughs) so today is just going to be a really quick update bringing on l so everybody can get a feel for how awesome she is. Uh, we're going to talk about a few Lanny updates. Okay, you said get a feel for a second. I was like, everyone can cop a feel on how awesome she is. It's like, I mean, you could ask first, buy me a drink. Who knows? Always ask first. Especially, and don't get mad. Oh my God. The Mermaid Parade Saturday. 
I uh, I showed up mostly done, but like I still needed to finish my makeup and everything. So I checked in, registered, and like sat on the sidewalk, pulled off my wig. So I've got the wig cap on, and I undid my corset. And I'm just like sitting on the ground in a basically see through top and a skirt that is way too short. And guys are like coming up to take pictures. And like I kept saying, like, no. And my friends Gina and Sonia were like trying to block me and dudes were getting pissed. They were like, this is what you do here. And I'm like, no, mm. you still have to ask permission to take people's pictures. So consent, everybody. It's always good. Absolutely. Um, always good. It does not matter what anybody's wearing. No, exactly. Ugh. Anyways, male it doesn't matter kind of if you meet someone and she's the most beautiful woman you've ever seen and she's just special and it's beyond that she's really unique she's got colored hair you have to ask first when you take an entire chapter to explain just how every guy turns and stops to watch as she walks by <laughs> so we are going to do a chapter uh we're going to start back up in july and do a chapter we're gonna do an episode where Elle is going to walk us through her review of the book she's currently reading it and coming up with the best flow charts yeah that we're gonna have to I'm, post everywhere i've tried to make like a for anybody who's not in our facebook group they should go and join it it's i'm yes. gonna get the name wrong and i'm the worst it's a handbook for judging fabulous retellings covers no yeah that's perfect that's us you should find us yes. we're having a lot of fun there i've been posting uh, and updating a sort of relationship web. And yes. um, I forget who called me out, but the current one is wrong because I called Jasper from Twilight, Jasper Cullen and not <laughs> Jasper Hale. And I'm shamed. <laughs> I, have, I gave myself 40 theoretical lashes over that one. And then oh, no. um, before that, I spelled the plain white T's band name wrong. <laughs> Were you a fan of the plain white tees? Um, yes. Did you get away justifying? Oh, okay, never mind. I actually listened, like, I remember them before Hey There, Delilah. Oh, man. Yeah. But you know what's really funny is, this might be better to say, but anyways, um, they had, they had this album and the first song and it was like, take me away, I'm gonna hurt somebody. And every single song on it was about being into this girl who's into somebody else and him either wanting to fight the guy or the song that I remember thinking really was like romantic when I was like 13 and listening to this is a song that's like about him being like, you have to decide between me and these two guys or I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to post the song. Oh my because God, Because I can tell you, having just gotten to the grand illusion, <laughs> she okay. definitely looked at these lyrics and was like, oh, this is the feel I want for the Mac Jackson, the Maxon as I will. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, yes. I'm already so happy you're here. There's been so many, you know, plain white tease music. You're going to know all the bad music references with me. And uh, yeah, giving couple names to the boys. <laughs> couple names, Maxon. I guess yes. I guess it's 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 tag or mad. Oh, that's tag. Riley is Miley, though, and their song is definitely Seven Things I Hate About You. Like, if it's Mac and Riley. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's going to be an entire episode of which boys are going to get together because they can't have Zade, so thus no woman is longer, is the no woman is worth it so if you can't have Zade. I love thinking of really uncomfortable sounding couple names, and like, Mac and Zade <laughs> doesn't really, it's like made or 
Zach. Whatever. Yeah. What Jack Aid. Jack Aid is the best though. Jackson Zade is Jack Aid. Oh, I like that. That sounds like a a wrist brand for. <laughs> <laughs> get Jack Aid. Does your wrist oh get tired God. after one bout with yourself? <laughs> Did you have trouble over a magical experiment that could have done been done purely as an illusion? Get your what is it, Jack Aid? Jack Aid. Jack Aid. You know, that it's perfect amazing. because that whole book is just really masturbatory, to be entirely honest. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. And it turns out it is actually better than the original scripts. <laughs> so Which like Anybody listening to this that can get a hold, I- I'm tempted to ask Jenny Trout, but wow, that triggers my anxiety. Uh, I'll ask her. I'll email her okay. and ask her. Please do. Like, I would love to get our hands on the script and maybe, like, I don't know, figure out if we could theoretically act some of this out yeah. and not get sued. I know it wasn't published, but I'm sure we could do a dramatic reading. I don't know. Because I, I know Jenny was uh, posting trying to get all the fair use and it's more complicated uh, well, if something hasn't been published. I think it is. Um, so, which is why, if anybody, well, I'll post a link to this with the show notes. Um, it is worth reading through her review, but you won't see anything of the actual script. Except for the page, which implies that it was revision number 3,814. Yeah. Which, which is... Pathetic. Something. Something, all right. Uh, and it was so... The script, this version of it at least, was done in 2011, um, which is, for anybody who doesn't know their Lanny Serum history, when she was the manager of 100 Monkeys, which is, I can't think of his name. Is Jackson his name actually Rathbone. Jackson? Thank you, Jackson Rathbones. I was, about, I was like, is it Jackson or Jasper, really? Uh, <laughs> Jasper Hale and his band. It is Jasper Hale and his band. um so that just keep that in mind as we go through this this is a person that she knew in real life and hung out with and also keep in mind that the plain white tees i believe are also in the original script oh probably and she also was actively like knowing them in real life yeah i think we discussed it a little bit when we were texting but uh both of us are big fan fiction fanatics, but for both of us, it is a little bit too much to do like self insert with real people fanfics. That's something that, um, yeah, we did talk about this a little bit. So I used to write Harry Potter fan fiction, and I still read and write a lot of it. Well, I write it to myself. Don't ask for it. Um, oh, come on. I love it, though. I still read a lot of it. I was telling Meg I've been, like, going on, like, an old, like, goodbye tour of some of my old favorites. <laughs> um, but I remember when I was, like, 13 or 14, my, my Harry Potter interest was waning because Pete Wentz had a journal that he kept on the Fallout Boy website, and I was madly in love with him. Like, I read his journal every day, and I was obsessed with him. Wow. But people wrote self-insert Fallout Boy fanfiction, including a couple people that I was, like, friends with from Fallout Boy forums, and I just couldn't do it. Like, he's a yeah. person. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to write about me, like, boning down with Neville Longbottom. It's different to talk <laughs> about boning down with Pete Wentz. <laughs> yeah, my introduction to fanfiction was through Dream Street. 
Right. Which, uh, yeah, which is a, a lot of self-insert fan fiction, which I didn't read a ton of. But to this day, I am still a huge fan of the, like, pop star falls in love with regular person trope. Like, I can no longer deny it because I've read four of them in the past year and a half. And every single one, I'm like, this is stupid, but I am devouring it. Well, it's the same thing that appeals to me in Fifty Shades of Grey, where it's like, <laughs> I would just, like, I, I, I'm i going to disclaimer this. I have a boyfriend who I'm very happy with and I love him. But there's this part <laughs> of me that also sort of just wants some fabulously wealthy and famous person to fall in love with yes. me and sweep me away on his yacht. Yeah, exactly. And... and- Buy me, if, like, all Kate Spade dresses, because that's all I want. Like, Does she get a Bir- uh, Birkin bag in that? Or is that something else I was reading? I don't that think she gets a, else I was reading. That's a little pedestrian. They never mention any labels. That's true. E.L. James is above labels. <laughs> is she? She <laughs> loves to so. label people. <laughs> Touche. Uh, she has this idea that Sub and Dom are not interchangeable. <laughs> So. No, not at all. There's no such thing as a switch in uh, Fifty Shades, which we probably won't be reading for this podcast because I think both of us actually genuinely like it way too much. Okay, we like the movies. Yes. Yes. I've only read one of the books and I don't know if I can do the rest. Maybe we can do book two of the Christian side. Oh, you mean with the food safety sex scene? Yes. Put the yes. chicken in the fridge, Anastasia, because food <laughs> safety is paramount. <laughs> so blessed. But I mean, honestly, though, that was so real, because if I were, like, about to have sexy times, I would not be able to stop thinking about the chicken sitting out on the counter. Not gonna lie in the same way. I'd be like, I'd be like, way. we can't, you have to stop. I, I know you're, like, going down on me right now, but we have to stop. <laughs> the chicken is Just out. Just put the chicken up. Wash your hands and come back. Yeah. It'll be okay. Don't, just, seriously, though, wash your hands. Don't come at me with those chicken yeah, no, hands. No, 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 no. no Either that or put on mm-mm. gloves first and then take off the gloves. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> so we should talk about the script. Which, interestingly enough, so I think one of the biggest things reading through this book both times that I've done it um, is that there's not even a lot of kissing in the book there is absolutely no sex so the the script is so amazingly shocking and i'm so excited so let's dive into it um where do we start all right let's talk about the length okay yeah so so that's what starts off with yeah so jenny trout pointed out that um the the script itself the version that she has which is from 2010 there's a number on it and it says like Three one. I'm going to get the number exactly. I'm going to pull it up. It says revision 3841 and we're sincerely hoping that that's just a random numbering system based on the fact that she used a script S-C-R-I-P-P-E-D dot com to write it it looks like just as like a formatting tool. I think that's what that is. Um, oh that's fair. Yeah. That way it's not like all of us sitting here thinking that she revised this thing 3,841 times because that would be so sad. So sad. I really... No, I hope she did, because, like, I love it. I love it. So, this is from March 31st, 2011, and I can only hope that it was actually just an April Fool's Day joke that went too far. <laughs> um, she wrote an 112-page screenplay, and generally you can say that it's, like, one page equals one minute of screen time. The problem is that that's not 
true all the time. Right. Like, the Gilmore Girls is, like, the most, like, classic example where they'd have, like... That's where I went to, yeah. They, you know, they, they do, like, 42 minutes with commercial breaks, but they'd have, like, an 150-page script. Yeah. So, knowing that, this... And scripts that are, tend to be shorter tend to be action movies where there's, you know, a lot of minutes where there are no speaking, or there is no speaking, um, because things are blowing up. There's action sequences, and there yeah. also tends to be, within scripts, at least having read just a couple of scripts myself, um, you don't necessarily give a ton of direction within a script, because that's the director and the actor's job. You'll give right. an effect, like an effect that you would like it to have. So, like, they say this and they're sad, but you're not going to include the words that you would normally use when you're describing something in prose, which right. is something Lanny Serum did a ton of in this. It sounded like she had a very specific idea of what she wanted every scene to look like and overdid it within the script. So even though it's 112 pages, it probably wouldn't even get to, like, Jenny Trout guesses it'd be, like, maybe 85 to 90 minutes. And I think that was even being generous. Yeah. That's assuming we padded out with some establishing shots of the farmer's market in Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Forgot about the farmer's market. I, the talking of her micromanaging the script reminded me of two different situations. Uh, the man who wrote Peter Pan, I don't know if you've ever read the, uh, the play. Mm -hmm. uh, it is so much scene direction and, like, that it is almost like reading prose again. But it is actually it, it is the play set up but again it's also a play that you know plenty of people have put on and have changed stage directions and things like that so it's you know something that happens my guess is that lanny would lean towards the el james sort of thing who like micromanaged the shit out of the first movie which is why the entire cast left or not cast um crew and while why the person who wrote the script for book movie two and three is her husband well, it's also interesting because if you if you look at... I, I hate to go into another deep dive into Fifty Shades, but if you look Do at it. the first movie versus the second two movies, you can tell the second two movies gave the actors way more freedom. Yes. There are so many awkward pauses in the first movie while we watch Anastasia bite her lip, which is something that sounds great in prose, but on screen... Especially because you can tell Dakota Johnson was not feeling it. Like, no. she she totally ignored the actual chemistry between the actors, which there is when they're given the opportunity to have it. Yeah, I really, really hope to someday see Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan in something else where they are would have so much freedom to have an on-camera relationship that is not just kind of laughable. Yeah. That being said totally love the third movie it's trash but it's so much fun it's such a good trash <laughs> what a good i need trash. to go back and get drunk and watch all three of them in a row now um yes yes please yes <laughs> let's do a group watch <laughs> i was about to say that sounds like a really great uh saturday night plan for when it gets cold again yes this is perfect i can bake cookies <laughs> and watch 50 shades of gray the only Fuck thing yes. i've ever wanted <laughs> Um, so, knowing that Lanny Serum does not want to direct this, uh, I am curious, one, no director has still been announced, although every interview she gives, you know, they're getting close, I'm using air quotes, to having someone, they're in talks. Um, I hope it's Zack Snyder. 
<laughs> I that might be all that she can get by this point. But from what I understand, she wants a female director. She wants a female director who's done YA series before. So I am curious. That limits it to um, like Catherine Hardwick. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, the Hunger Games were not a woman. Was Divergent a woman? I can't remember. I know I did a deep dive into this and I don't remember who actually was. Um, but given that there are so many strong YA series coming out soon, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But they are supposed to start filming towards the end of this year. And I. And she's gonna. Wait. So I can't remember where I read it, but somebody. This is mean, but it's just true. Lenny Serum, you're on the wrong side of 30 to be playing a 25-year-old. I think she has given up this dream. Okay. Because the last few interviews, people have gone, like, who's going to play and who's going to play Zaid? And in the beginning, she was like, you know, this is, I was writing roles for myself, things like that. And now it's, well, we're still trying to work that out. So we're in talks with people and things like that. So... I don't know if someone whose word she actually takes serious set her down and was like, look, you cannot pull off 25. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. No, it's, but you she's also not can't like a age hard up that 30. story. No, yeah, you cannot. Like, the, it's already aged up too much. And it, she does not look bad for her age. She looks very solidly in her 30s and there's nothing wrong with that as someone in my 30s there's nothing wrong with looking like you're in your 30s um but you can't just like i can't go and pull off playing someone in my early 20s neither can she so i am curious to see uh as far as i know there's still no casting information on this other than her partner in crime playing tad um who i also think is kind of too old for the role now but He's supposed to be a married guy that just works on the show. So, you know what? Honestly, did you ever watch Degrassi? Yes. So, the guy that plays Snake that is now, like, the principal of the school. Right. This is who I see every time I see Tad. Like, that character is Tad Oh, my is Tad God. Sorry. Everything's coming back now. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you have not gone and watched Drake's new music video it is a uh class reunion of degrassi and if you like degrassi back in the early 2000s you might cry like i did i saw pictures oh it's so good i watched it and twice while waiting for my plane and just was like tearing up because that's my crew the the real question is is jt in it no which hurt but also i mean i guess he did die he did die sorry spoilers everybody yeah to like 17 years ago but they did have terry um who so the guy that shoots jimmy terry terry she's in it as is the guy who shot jimmy he gets chased out of the school it is a bizarre video okay totally we have watching. to we have to talk about this off off <laughs> off because i didn't realize you were also a degrassi fan oh Yes, I am all caught up on everything through the Netflix series. Like, oh my I'm God, still I waiting up, to see. I gave up after Emma and Spinner finally left. There is a gap in there that I didn't watch because... They all got too pretty I, and they weren't believable teenagers anymore. That, and it just was like, okay, you're recycling the same stories over and over again. So, 
there's like I think two and a half years that I did not watch anything because I knew the characters who started the Netflix version, but they were like much younger when I had last watched. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think yeah, this even is, this is like a thing where we're going to be like finding out that we like the same random stuff and going off. Yes, I'm so excited. It's yes, be best. Degrassi was my thing. My sister and I bonded for like five minutes as we talked about it because we watched Degrassi together. So, and uh, everybody should go watch it. Degrassi's great. Um, so yeah, so so this is like so the script. Basically, what we're getting at here is Lenny Sarum wrote the script, and we all knew that originally she intended Handbook for Mortals to be a movie, and she ended up going this route because of the spate of young adult novels that have been turned into successful films. She ended up rewriting it as a book. Right. Seeing the original source material, it seems like a, a lot of it was sort of copied and pasted wholesale into this book. Except for some yes. key elements. First of all, apparently, Lanny Sarum is naked in most of the movie. Yeah, and supposed to be singing as well. I am curious about that. But yeah, apparently, like, first of all, kudos. If you were that comfortable with your body, more power to you. Um, because she's not Hollywood size zero. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with her size at all, but she is not Hollywood size zero. So, like kudos to you for being comfortable enough to show off that much of yourself. But there's a difference um, between confidence and appreciating the male gaze. Exactly, yes. Which is how it comes off. According to Jenny, Jenny Trout, obviously we don't have a copy of the script. I would love to read it. Um, if anybody <laughs> has it. Yes. Please. Um, but it sounds based on Jenny Trout's description that it's less about Lanny Sarum loving herself and more about Lanny Sarum wanting guys to act the way act about her body the way that the guys within the book act about Zayd's body. Right. Like, again, she wants this to be a strong female role model. I, I hope people can hear the air quotes. Uh, but it's, you know, lying on her bed with doing tarot naked. In her underwear. Like, or, like yeah. why? Who does that? I mean, I live alone. There's a lot of naked time in my apartment. Or at least, like, down to next to nothing because like I don't have central air and it gets really hot but I can tell you having so I don't know if I ever mentioned this I spent like I've spent up more than a month in Las Vegas over the course of my life because I had family out there the AC everywhere is insane okay then yeah this is a pointless thing like I was not a almost nude that I am nowadays in my apartment when I lived in Atlanta where I had central air conditioning this is a result of I get home after walking 20 minutes in the humidity and lay on my couch where I finally kick on the AC because I don't leave it running all day and I'm just like I've died <laughs> just gonna lay here in a puddle and eventually put clothes back on because it's finally cooled off and that's that's the thing that is so strange about this whole thing with Lanny Sarm is it'd be cool if like it would be cool if she had included stuff like that in the book as a detail like I was sitting around in my underwear yes. because it was a billion fucking degrees Exactly. Like, the Zade in the book, not a prude, but definitely more uptight. Like, she's, we had long conversations about whether or not she's even, you know, lost her virginity because it's implied that she came, was a weirdo in a hometown and 
And there's this... Never dated, so... There's definitely, like, a weird... I feel like it has less to do with, like, the idea of, like, a prude or somebody who, like, who's asexual or somebody who just hasn't had a chance to have sex yet. It goes into the whole thing where the book itself is super duper rated G. Yes. It's, It's less about the actual character decisions from my perspective and more... They just don't talk about that. Because there's a scene that's hypersexual where she's describing how she's always putting herself oh, yeah. in a compromising position. This happens several times. And in one, she's bent over with her harness on. And Max starts tugging her around on the harness. And it was the one point of the book where I was like, oh, that's hot. Um, <laughs> so that is in there. And then, like, three pages later, she's like, we haven't even slept together. And it's like... The behavior you guys exhibited, to me at least, was not people who haven't slept together, or at least been intimate. Right. But no, it's it's kind of the same way that Twilight functions, where it's it's not sex negative, it's just sex absent. Yes. But where Twilight, she did that on purpose because of her religious beliefs. This is coming across as Lanny tried to remove as much as possible, but also while still making her character hot. Yeah. Maybe like in a innocent isn't aware kind of way but really probably what it was is that she just didn't have a good editor so i don't think she had an editor that's my real theory at this point there's also talks of so there's a necklace in the book that's only brought up like two or three times with some symbol on it but i even at this point i can't remember i just got to the necklace um it's apparently it was a tattoo in the original script and like the changing of the tattoo to a necklace as someone with a lot of tattoos and who is not like I don't know I feel like I am very normal and incredibly nerdy so like tattoos to me do not automatically equal sexy I guess so either this tattoo was straight up in a place where no sun hits or like it is either a tramp stamp which is such a terrible word sorry I'm just or I, I'm... inside thigh or <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm chock full of dick jokes. <laughs> so I'm just like, the family tattoo was just a dick. It was just. It is. Yes. She was 18. She got great grandpappy Aladdin's <laughs> oh. dick tattooed on her back. Oh, that's so Because yeah. you, you were immediately thinking, like, oh, yeah, it's where the sun don't shine. And I was just immediately like, it's of a dick. <laughs> she has a tattoo of a penis. <laughs> As one does, this is why you should not get a tattoo at 18. Yeah, I mean, who among us, though, doesn't have a dick tattoo they got when they're 18? Yep, nope. Nope. Quick tangent, I actually had a friend who got the word dick with an arrow tattooed on the inside of her lip. I was pulling my lip down and showing Meg on, (laughs) which is why I sound weird right now. Like Sean Connery, (laughs) showing off the inner lip. That inner lip tattoo is just... They go away in three years. Yeah, exactly. Like, the amount of money that they cost... I am all for people spending money on tattoos. I have five of them. I want more. The only reason I don't have more is because they are a little pricey. Getting a tattoo where it's going to be gone, because I'm sure inner lip costs even more than a regular tattoo, just baffles me. But I don't understand. That also makes, maybe makes me sound old. Um, I don't think it makes you sound old. <laughs> I think that that's, that's a weird, silly thing that weird people do. Yeah. Or if you're just like so into tattoo culture. Like I understand that's something if you're if if your thing is tattoos. It's one thing I guess if you're getting it redone every few years. Yeah. 
Or I guess if you want to get a tattoo, but you want it gone in a few years. I guess there are reasons behind this, but... Maybe it was an inner lip tattoo in the book. Or in the script. It was. This is my family inner lip tattoo. (laughs) It definitely comes up post-sex, because it is a morning after discussion. Um, What if it's the moon motif from the book? It has to be. It has to be something. Maybe it changes. One of those changing tattoos... What if it's a magic tattoo and it changes with the phases of the moon? I want this tattoo now. Damn it. It it just shifts, like, as the moon wanes and waxes. And it turns different colors. And it gets huge on the supermoon, like, uncomfortably large. Like, suddenly her whole back is just the moon. (laughs) And then, like... I want this. See, that would be... See, the problem is this is a joke we're telling and it's a better idea than anything that I said Yes, it really is. Because, in all honesty, it's probably whatever the necklace is on probably her thigh or something not even anywhere like really sexy like on her outside thigh behind her knee behind her knee so I'm like, well, behind my ear next so they they de-sexed it for the book yeah like apparently the motorcycle scene where there's kissing in the rain was actually a sex scene um complete with mac undressing her and a morning after discussion of the tattoo so but apparently oh, yeah. Mac was a lot better in the script. Because Mac is, like, he's easily the most well-drawn Awful. character in the book. Yes. So Jackson doesn't exist... In the script. As, well, he does. He doesn't exist as a as competition for Mac. Which actually makes me feel better. Because, like we were saying, it's weird enough to write fanfic about somebody yes. that you know, that you interact with every day. It would have been so much worse if it was romantic back then. However, she, he does kiss her in the script. Oh, yeah. Doesn't he hit so, on her a ton, too? Let's see. Jenny talks about how the love triangle is non-existent. Um, You're simply left with a guy. If you, when, you blink, when the blinking you'll miss it dates with Jackson are removed, you're simply left with a guy who likes to talk about how much he'd like to bang the chick he works with. That's pretty much what Jackson does. In the script. Fair. Yeah, he does. Which, actually, you know what? That's worse than writing romantic fanfiction about someone you know. Yeah, because that makes him sound terrible. Like, from what I understand, Jackson Rathbone, not a bad guy. But... He doesn't like Handbook for Mortals, by the way. I think he tweeted about it. Oh, I totally missed that. But I know that they're... Like, I remember reading the uh, 100 Monkeys, you know, This Is Why We Broke Up long time like well before i really got into this book and uh yeah what was it did it have something to do with lanny oh yeah that's the discussion um so i think she actually links it yep she does link it here Um, because i feel like you guys mentioned this in season one and i'm i was an avid listener which is why i'm here now um (laughs) but i don't remember if you guys like went deep dive into it maybe that's something we should do at another time so there's a there was a post on it. It's from like 2011, 2012, and it's not just Lanny. I think Lanny brought someone on board that ended up being terrible, um, but she was also a problem. So yeah, I I'll send you the link. I think I nope. I've deleted all the emails to James. Um, I'll find all the links that I had for this and send them to you again. <laughs> um, and yeah it was basically like 
this was the era of Lanny Serum. That's what it says on here. Um, but like the hundred monkeys talk about how they didn't want to be managed by a female. So, and even less one that acted like she was their best friend. She went above and beyond to do her job. And at the beginning, she was useful at the beginning. Um, so it sounds, sounds like, like a she big was... problematic chunk that we should do an episode on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we should dig into the real life ramifications of Lanny Serum as Zade. Yeah. So and keep going. It's just it's weird. This so this goes from him just being like kind of a background douche. He does kiss her at one point in the script, um, but there, but she, or maybe she kisses him, like in a Luke and Leia moment, and then they find out it they're says, siblings. Though Jackson does have designs on Zaid and Sarah makes sure to include a scene where they kiss, his feelings aren't reciprocated and absolutely no conflict arises as a result. Because within the script, she puts Mac and Zaid together almost immediately. Right. Which is still very apparent in the book. Someone just said, hey, if you're going to make this, you know, a book, you need to have some conflict. And the best and easy conflict is a love triangle. triangle. Except... We'll we'll do this and I'll go into that. Um, so the other thing that's very different from the book is that one, it was never meant to be a series, which is something that I think is evident from this. Yes, the the weird insert of the Lamborghini girl who shows up at the mall and then we never dress again. That yeah, she is, shows up one more time. That was obviously there so that Lanny would have an out to write a trilogy. Right, but. The other thing that's a little bit more important, in my opinion, is Zaid, within the the original concept from the movie, wasn't really supposed to be apparently a witch or magical or whatever it is that she is. You don't find that out until the end. The entire movie, you're going through the film, and you're just like, this is a weird story about magicians. <laughs> this isn't even as good as sex. Now You See Me. <laughs> and there's a lot more sex but okay is this is this a documentary are we working on no okay oh she's magic apparently within the script it's 94 out of page 112 out of 112 pages you find out she's magic with a k which is when della is breaking the news to mac so and first of all go ahead that means <laughs> lenny is extra vindictive towards someone must have a hitter on a bike and you know the lemonade stand scene totally happened in real life so she definitely threw lemonade at somebody at some point oh yeah oh yeah i love either of which were in the script so that means that when she was writing this book writing this book air quotes she was out for a walk one day and she got hit by somebody on a bike and she yep. was mad about it. And then the next day, she just wanted to get a hot dog on a stick. Yep. And they took forever, so she wrote these characters that she could take out her hot dog on a stick rage. Which, real talk, as someone who does ride a bike because my li- the library closest to my office closed down for renovation, so I have to go to the one that is a little bit further. It's about a two and a half mile bike ride. Um, tourists suck. And no matter how much yelling up on your right that you yell, they don't get the fuck out of the way. So, like, maybe you were in the way, Lanny. Just maybe you were in the way. And the cyclist couldn't get around you. It happens. I can't ride a bike, so I don't know how any of that works. You can't ride a bike? I mean, I can. I just am bad at it. 
I was going to say, as much bike riding as your boyfriend's doing, he needs to teach you. No, we've talked about this. It's it's okay. happened before. I can get on a bike and pedal. I just can't go anywhere, and I don't like it. It's not my favorite way to That's travel. Fine. That's perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have admitted that on a podcast. No, no. Like, we all have our things. I don't like cars in the slightest. But I am someone who tried to read a book and ride a bike at the same time because I wanted to combine my two favorite things. That sounds like it was really silly, though. Oh, it hurt quite a lot. I was very young. Um, Uh, more more miscellany, miscellany. Yeah, that's how you pronounce that, right? Miscellany. Um, from the script, Sophie and Sophia exists within the script. Who knows what this character's name is? And I understand that Sophie might be a nickname for Sophia. Allude to it. Say something about it. Why wouldn't she introduce herself as such? Yeah. If she wanted to be known as Sophie or Soph. Um, Showbox. That is said. That is a thing that she says too many times. And looking deeply into each other's eyes as a direction... Della and Charles flashback is apparently like a 20 minute sequence in what would be a 90 minute movie. And the characters stating their uh, personalities in dialogue, which I would just love to hear Tad. (laughs) Just, I love the idea that within the movie, we meet Tad and he walks up and he's like, I'm just an easygoing guy. I'm married. I'm a little older than Mac and I'm his best friend. And I'm a great person to have around in a stressful situation. And then five minutes later... He does it again, but like a little differently. God, at some points, if we make enough money, if this movie comes out, we are making one of the spoof films of this movie. Oh, absolutely. I We have enough friends. We are doing this. I want to play Lil, Sophia, Della, the hot dog girl, and the Lamborghini girl, because let's be honest. They all should be the same person. None of they them matter. Be. Um, if you're on our and, Facebook group, again, I've been making those flowcharts, and if you notice, <laughs> I made the named women section called Definitely Not the Bechdel Constellation. <laughs> Which is one of my finer jokes. I cannot wait for this to be finished, and maybe if we get popular enough, sell it, because it is beautiful, it's... and everybody should go check it out. And contribute, um, whatever whatever your yes. interpretations are. I am curious if the intention was for whoever plays Zaid, i.e. Lanny, or Lanny, also plays um, Della in the flashback. Oh, that's good. Now, I was going to say, I think we should spend a couple minutes on Dreamcasts. I think we yeah. should talk about this for a minute. We should. Because now we we've talked definitely. about this this 95-minute movie that we're going to have complete with credits, and I'm figuring we're going to have a post credit <clears throat> scene that's kind of like the... You know the end of Shrek 2 when they have the karaoke dance party? Oh, yes. And Donkey and Puss in Boots do Live in La Vida Loca? Uh-huh. I'm really hoping they do something similar in this film, but at the end, it's just a post-credits dance party scene where the plain white tee is headed by Jackson Rathbone, <laughs> not their lead singer who exists. Right. Just play a concert, and they all go. That's definitely going to happen. And that'll be a solid seven minutes of runtime. Yes, throughout the entire credits. Yeah. While, like, everybody comes in and dances and you get, like, a close-up on random people. Oh, this is so perfect. This is so good. Just call us. We'll put together your movie. We'll make it so much better. We're, we're two strong, empowered females. We'll direct you your film, Lanny Sarum. I am curious, because one, 
at least one of her interviews, she talks about how the this is better than most books that get turned into the movies because most authors are cut out of the screenwriting discussion. But there's so much that's been changed between the original or this script and the book. Which one are we going to stay faithful to? I'd also argue that there's something to be said for um, saying no to the author because there's things that work in books that don't work on screen. I agree. 100%. I think a screenwriter's job, I think an author should be paid accordingly, but also should give up their, their rights and you need because they're too much in the trees like they're never it's never going to get done were you a gossip girl fan no i wasn't okay there's a dan's story they talk about making into a movie and uh but it's a good analogy as to why there should not be the author should not be the screenwriter so and that's something that um came up with jk rowling she doesn't she didn't screenwrite she screens or she uh script supervised all of the harry potter movies right. and i think that she didn't write books that she adapted into scripts for fantastic beasts and where to find them she's just writing those scripts and i think it, like she's she's done a couple interviews about how it's totally different yeah and and it what is... works on screen is not gonna work in a book and vice versa and so much of handbook for mortals doesn't fucking work in the book no so <laughs> it's not going to work at all in the movie. So it is going to be interesting. Dialogue's going to have to be added because there just isn't a lot of dialogue, period. So who, when you're, because when I read a book, sometimes I'll like assign an actor that I'm aware of to right. different roles to make things easier to read, which I've had to do here. I want to know if you've done that with this book at all. The only person that I've definitely done is Tad. Uh, which, which again, is uh, the guy that plays Snake from Degrassi, um, who also, I think, is, like, head director and writer of Degrassi. Like, he is definitely making money off Degrassi nowadays. So, like, kudos to him. Um, I Now I'm just seeing Degrassi kids play in this, this movie. Like, Emma would be a good Zade. Emma Nelson would make a great Zade. <gasps> she would. Holy shit. In my head, it was Emily Browning. Yeah, see, my problem here is that there is nobody that I want to inflict this pain on. So I'm having a really hard time with, like, the main three. But so, Emily Browning would be good. Yeah. She's got great hair, too. I'm blanking on his name, but he's from Dawson's Creek. He's not James Vanderbeek. Jack, uh... Josh? Josh, uh... Joshua Jackson? Joshua Jackson, thank you. He's Mac in my head, but like 15 years ago. Yes. Not now. Yeah, I was trying to think of like who's a current like lead guy that can play very moody, but isn't, but also can play douchebag. Um, oh, the kid who played um, Love Simon. Yes, yes. But he's who's young. It's, he's too young, though. I gotta take oh, that he back. Is, he's, he's supposed to be about thirty. Yeah, he's a young guy. What's a movie I've seen recently that I like that I'm like, oh, that could do it. I mean, realistically, Charlie Day. But... <laughs> Charlie Day would be fantastic. Oh my god. Um, or the oh god, who's the other guy in that's always sunny? The the brother Matt something. Yeah, he you would mean? Be good. Mm, let's be honest though. We're all we're both thinking of Danny DeVito. Oh, definitely Danny. He <laughs> should definitely play Charles. <laughs> Yes. 
Well, you know that she wants Harrison Ford to play Charles, which... I didn't see that. I got Charles Dance, who plays Tywin Lannister in the Game of Thrones books or movies. Or show, okay. or the show took me a long time to get to that property. <laughs> um, I had like a nondescript Hallmark dad, like Hallmark movie dad that is just kind of like in the background. Um, or the dad from Growing Pains. Ah, oh, he looks like the, it's not him, but he looks like the dad from um, Fairly Odd Parents. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, can you imagine? I just want you to take a second. We're gonna we're gonna step into Lanny Serum's headspace for a second. Okay. You're standing in a room with Harrison Ford, and he takes your face in your hands in his hands, and he says, "I love you more than life itself." And then he leans in, and then you kiss him on the cheek. <clears throat> while outside, Charlie Day <laughs> is so upset. <laughs> I love this movie. I think Charlie Day has to play Mac. I think Charlie Day is going to play Mac for me now. I love this. And it makes makes everything better. Like, when he finds out about the tarot cards, he's like, man, you believe in that stuff? It makes it all so much better. (laughs) Oh, my God. So should his wife play Sophia slash the hot dog stand girl slash Lil slash Lamborghini girl? Who's his wife? The waitress in It's Always Sunny that he's in love with. Right, 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 right. Okay, yes. Yes, she should. Yes, she should. She's, she's got the attitude. Except I'm also kind of like, I think that the... Let me see if I... Oh, yeah, no, I totally know who she is. She should play all of the other characters. <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Ellis is her name. Yes. And also, I kind of feel like that's great for Sophia and Della and all the other named female characters, except I want the goth girl from NCIS to play Lil, because she was the only goth I could bring to mind. Yes, I had her and Garcia from uh, Criminal Minds. But I did have a... Did you watch The uh, Secret Life of American Teens? A little bit. Okay. The uh, blonde cheerleader, I'm going to pull up her name, who... um, has the brother with down syndrome that is uh like all about celibacy but megan park that's who i kept picturing as I like sophia I is. megan park yep oh yeah absolutely that's who i kept picturing as sophia I'm not going to go down this, but she's been in something. She was in What If. That's what she was in. She played the sister in What If, which is the Daniel Radcliffe, Zoe Kazan oh, yeah. rom-com. I love it. It's on Amazon Prime. You should watch it. I've watched the beginning of it and then went and did something else and came back and was like, yeah, I don't feel like rewinding this right now. So I will watch it. So if we She were... also has a great Hallmark channel, maybe, in case you're wondering. So she should definitely play Sophia. And I think that if I was actually going to cast this movie to the point where I thought they could make it charming because we just mentioned what if. I think Mackenzie Davis should play Zaid. I think she could actually okay. pull that character off if she was allowed to do what she wanted with the script a little bit. I think she's really yes. talented. I think yes. that we could have... You could get a, a cast in here that could make this whole thing charming, that could make it work. I think. If you gave them the freedom to do what they could and what they wanted to develop these characters and actually flesh them out. Yeah. And not have the worry that they're going to do something with Lanny Sarum 
just immediately yelling at them. Um, from what I understand from interviews, if it works with their schedule, uh, plain white tees are going to be in this. But again, if why it works are they with going schedule, along with this? Come on, guys. Delilah wouldn't want you to do this. It's the same thing I would tell someone if I didn't want to do it. Yeah, if it works with my schedule. Oh, <laughs> uh, whoops, we're on tour forever in China. Yep. Once uh, in a lifetime. We're going to the Philippines. Sorry. Sorry. North Korea. <laughs> we got to start touring in North Korea now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I gotta go. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean you have to tour in North Korea? They love Hey There, Delilah. They just love it. <laughs> I'm not it's even such, doing a real it's song. It's new music. It's they new cut, music to them. They cut. To, they cut to him just busking on the street and like <laughs> soul just playing Aether Delilah while everyone ignores him. Yes. Oh my gosh. Literally anything to not be in Lanny Serum's movie. Anything. Yeah. I think that you could make a good argument for uh, John Krasinski would be a good Tad. He seems like he could pull off that like yeah. affable and like together. Yeah, it's like Tad could go one of two ways. Tad could go in the sincere good guy, good friend category, or like the, I'm a cool dad. Aren't I a cool dad? Like, I'm wearing my sideways hat. Were I not a married man? (laughs) Not a married man. What a bizarre thing to say to anybody. Drew would be like... Drew's not a character. Why does everybody (laughs) hate him? Because someone named Drew fucked her up. Which is okay. Someone named Drew fucked me up too. I get it. But I still like the name. And you know why? Because I have a friend who has a daughter named Drew and it's just the cutest thing ever. Drew's a great name. Drew it's Barrymore? Name. Come on. Exactly. Um, but I kept picturing him as like the kid that stars in 13 Reasons Why. Not that anybody should go watch that, but that's the only thing I can think of is like the perfect level of like sad looking dork yep i'm sorry i'm now wondering how i can work ty sheridan from ready player one into this cast (laughs) i want him and um oh shit who's the douchebag that's like in fantastic four and that movie with zach efron and is it miles teller Yes, I feel like they look like brothers. Oh, they totally do. Like, they could either play the same character at different parts of life, or brothers, and it would be fun. I think brothers, because I think they're kind of close in age. Probably. I feel like Miles Teller's, like, my age, and Ty Sheridan's, like, a few years younger. I am curious, are there any brother characters in here? No, nobody's related to anybody except for Zayd and her parents. Could Miles Teller be Mac? No, I think he's got too much personality. Yeah, he's too, like, haha, you know? Yeah. Oh, Zac Efron should play Cam, though. Oh, totally. Oh, that would be so good. Oh, yes. And Zac Efron's actually great. Yes. Because Cam is supposed to be the hottest guy ever, but he's too pretty for Zayd. And really, that's kind of, I think, how we all feel about Zac Efron. And I think there actually was a story of him, like, on Tinder and not getting any matches. Because he's, like... It's just, like, it's... I don't even know what I would do. Like, if I met him, I don't know what I would do. (laughs) I'm now trying to fit The Rock into this movie because I feel like The Rock should be in this movie. He should play Sophia. Sorry. (laughs) He can sing! He can sing. 
he's definitely in the movie somehow. We're just not sure yet. I guess Miley Cyrus could also conceivably play Zayd. Yeah, she. I liked her in So Undercover. You mean Sound Recover, according to the uh, title no, card? It's a movie. I know Sound Recover is what it looked like when it was, show- but it used to have a different title card on Netflix, oh. and the spa- the kerning was bad, so it looked like Sound Recover, and I was like, "What gotcha. the fuck does this mean?" I want you guys to know that I'm googling. 2018 new movie stars because I'm out of touch with the kids. Yeah, there is a level of me just being like, but they should be, so Zayd should be 25 so it should be people that like, theoretically I don't know, can uh... I want you to know that I googled up and coming movie stars 2018 and let me tell you who the first results are. Sally Field, Jennifer Lawrence, (laughs) Emma Stone, Mm, Emma Watson, Scarlett Johansson, Oh, Haley Steinfeld, though. She's one we should actually try yes. to work in there. She's amazing. Have you seen 17? I love her. Or Edge of 17? I have not seen Edge of 17 <sighs> yet, but I adore her in Pitch Perfect 2 and 3. And she's great. Something else I've seen with her in it. But yes, I love her. And I actually really like her music, too. Anna Kendrick could also pull off Zade. She could also pull off Sophia. She'd actually make Sophia charming. Yeah, I'm going to go for Anna Kendrick for Sophia. I really like that because I feel like Sophia should be charming to the point that everybody else, I feel like the audience should be like, why are you being such a bitch to Sophia? (laughs) Because really she gets the shit into the entire deal. Also, Sophia needs to be able to sing. So either one works. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. So I like the idea of Mackenzie Davis as Zayd. I like Anna Kendrick as Sophia. Um, Super into Zac Efron as Cam. We already know that Jackson Rothbone has to play Jackson. We don't need to cast that role. I'm sorry, but that's the only person I could picture. The problem is that I can only picture him as his criminal mind character where he has split personalities and one of which is a woman. Like, this is the only image that that's I can conjure of him. That's even better, though, <laughs> frankly. Like, but honestly, if you've never seen that episode of Criminal Minds, I, I, I don't know if I cared for him as Jasper, but seeing him in that episode, I was like, damn, this guy can actually really act. Oh, yeah, he's talented. He's just been in, like, two terrible properties. Exactly. So, yeah, I guess he does have to be Jackson. But also, like, I don't know. (laughs) Poor Jackson. I want Donald Sutherland to play Charles. (gasps) That's perfect. It's so good. He's the only one that could pull off the I love you more than life itself and not have it be fucking terrifying. Oh, that's perfect on so many levels. Because, I'm sorry, Harrison Ford cannot pull off any of this and is going to be on set being like i'm not fucking saying these lines i know this is an easy one and i know that this is this isn't even like grasping at straws this is just like meryl streep is della yes she'd make it great yes i love this she'd pull it off meryl streep as zade meryl streep as charles yes and jackson and Sophia. let's Lindsay lohan this shit exactly I know who should play Mac. Okay. I only know this because I recently discovered the actor Logan Marshall Green. I need you guys to Google Logan Marshall Green and Tom Hardy. They are spitting images of each other. You need to Google them together so that you can see the comparison photos because you will not notice which is which. I want to redo the parrot trap, but with them, but have it be exactly like the parrot trap with Lindsay Lohan where they go to camp and find out. And I think that Logan, I think that Logan Marshall Green should play Mac. 
holy shit, yeah, I see it. Like, I can tell the slight differences, but man, it is, like, really hard. I saw the movie Upgrade recently, and the entire time I was like, man, Tom Hardy's really bad in this, and then realized it wasn't Tom Hardy at the end. Yeah, I don't know what I've seen him in. Logan Marshall Green, that is, but he would be, he's a good one. He's actually, moody. I think, perfect. Yeah, he's got enough charming look to be able to pull off the few good sides of Mac. And he also has to have a beard. But Mac doesn't have a beard because he's not a fucking lumberjack. Or not a hipster. He is a lumberjack. I don't remember what it is. Either way, I'm all for this. So he's going to be in the new Spider-Man? No, Tom Hardy is is going to play Venom. But Logan Marshall Green was in Spider-Man Homecoming. He was? According to Wikipedia, hang on. Jackson Bryce slash Shocker 1. Oh, he was probably one of the thugs that works with them. Oh, yeah. Is okay. it Kevin Costner or Michael Keaton? That plays... I think it's Michael Keaton. I think you're Yeah, right. it's Michael Keaton. I mix them up. Okay. Me I'm too. Like... All right, so we have a cast. We talked about the script. I think I think this is a wrap. Yeah, I think this is good. Um, so we're coming back in July. Leave us a comment or a message. You know, we're fairly active on Twitter, and I'll actually get all the Twitter login so she can be on it too. Oh, yay. Um, and the Facebook group. So let us know what you think. Uh, if you don't like her, then don't let us know what you think because I don't give a shit. She's staying. Um, <laughs> if you don't like me, you can tell me though. No, don't, don't do that. Don't be me. Oh, people. I want to know. I just want to get in an <laughs> internet fight. Fair. Um, so we are coming back in July. We are going to do an episode where we go through L reading the book. And then we are going to start something new. Um, I think we've decided on that we're going to start picking books by authors that also have had uh, controversy um, or have been assholes to fans and things like that and do chapter by chapter readings. Um, It'll be extra great if they have really bad books. Because, like, I know there's some assholes out there, but if they've written good books, it's not fun. Yeah. So it's just like, well, that's not fair. We're thinking about tackling Cockygate. Yes, that is uh, the one that we're really considering. Not all 17 books. No, we're going to pick one. Yeah. Uh, We're also considering doing the selection. Mm -hmm. Um, There's there's always Cassandra Clare. Yeah, I was going to say, we might even, there might be, we might just devote an episode to Draco Veritas in that situation. (laughs) Yeah, because her fans can get a little bit... uh, yeah, I don't want to piss them off too much. So, we don't want to incur um, their wrath. No. There's uh there's a couple others, you know, deep dive into Goodreads, you can always find more authors that have done some horrific things to fans. So, there will probably be a poll that will go up. Um actually, I think we probably just are going to tackle cocky gate first because why not? But we'll pick a few and we'll let you guys ki- pick the cocky book that we Yes. The, the- this is getting, there's going to be a Bukake joke at some point here. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and we'll also, you know, we're going to take this one episode at a time, but maybe there will be room for guesting now. And uh, who knows what else we're going to do, but. We're excited. Yeah. Yay! If you, uh, and again, any handbook fanfic, we still welcome. We have not received any, but I also know that season one got cut 
short very quickly. So if you have any, maybe both of us might consider writing our own because I'm working, I'm working on a first draft, so it'll give me something else to actually write. I maybe already rewrote the first chapter, <laughs> so maybe we'll maybe we'll read that. Yes. Um. Uh, anything else you want to plug? Um, I don't really have anything to plug. This is kind of my thing. Um, okay. I wasn't sure if your other podcast was going to start up. Uh, I have another podcast that might eventually happen called Short, Colorful, and Loud that would be towards the end of the summer, but I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on that. We're going to, my friend Zach and I watch kids' movies and talk about them. Hell yes. If you want a deeper dive (laughs) of Elle analyzing some interestingly bad fiction, uh, she was just on Judging Book Covers with me and Stephanie talking about The Host by Stephanie Myers. Um, so go listen to that. And yeah, that's a that's a good, I think, introduction for that. Yeah, you guys can um, see my, my weird uh, dogged pursuit of finding something enjoyable and something bad, <laughs> which is why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's worth stating really quick that both of us consume a lot of bad media by choice that we actually really enjoy. Like, the Fifty Shades talk earlier, that's not us being facetious. I really enjoyed the third movie. I saw the third movie at 10.35 a.m. on the day it came out. <laughs> I was drunk. It was great. I have uh, I saw a pre-screening of Twilight because I worked at the movie theater then and left class early to go see this. So, like, hey. I am all in for bad stuff. That might that so, might be a deep dive we do we do later our our actual guilty things that we're actually ashamed yes. of because I have very little shame at this point. No, I really don't. But I really also want to. I am good devoting an episode to me talking about books where like pop stars fall in love with regular people. Because there's a, there's a really it. famous one that just happened that was a fan fiction about Harry Styles, isn't it? Yes, there's one that. Uh, oh God, I can't remember what it's called. Is it called Ever or After? Maybe. Um where the author is like genuinely one of the nicest people ever. Um, but there is one called, Oh shit. The t- second one's called tell me no lies. Okay. Let me pull up Goodreads, but it is a, it takes the pop star falling in love with a regular person adds a murder mystery oh my God. and some stalking and, um, it's like you're and, baking me a pie and you just keep putting more things that I like. And in like it. there's Twitter conversations and okay, I remember her real name. I remember her. So the duology that the second one just came out, it's called Follow Me Back by A. V. Geiger. Uh, the second one is called Tell Me No Lies. And it's an agoraphobic girl starts talking with like the most famous pop star on Twitter through like DMs and then there's a stalker she's got a stalker and like there's a murder mystery that happens and all this other insane things but it's really cool so like the first book takes place primarily through Twitter exchanges well no I mean there's also prose too but the second one focuses more on Snapchat which I really interesting because it was like I don't know how many teens are actually on Twitter nowadays, but it was still a nice kind of progression of like, hey, we acknowledge that, you know, shit changes. Social media changes. That would be a really fun one to do. 
It is. It would be one. Uh, the author is incredibly sweet. It would just, yeah, I think we should pepper in like, these are actually books we like that are probably not ever going to be listed as best books ever. So. I'm going to, I have to go. We have to wrap this up, sadly, dear listeners. Yes. But I'm going to go start a fan Twitter as um, Zaid Holder. So there already is one. <laughs> like Lanny went in. Because I see Zayd liking things that Lanny posts. Yeah. Yeah, but it won't be as good as mine because I understand the character better than <laughs> Lanny Sarum does. <laughs> Trust me. I'm yes. Okay, so I'm actually going to do this. We don't have to do an episode. I'm going to record a reading of my rewrite of the first chapter. I'm going to post it. Yes, we can make it a bonus episode. Perfect. Okay, we have to wrap it up. But uh, I'm so excited. Okay. We'll see you guys in July. Yes, uh, while you're waiting, you can follow us on Twitter at Handbook Podcast. Uh, Facebook group, again, is a handbook for judging fabulous retellings covers. You can also find that group um, linked from the uh, Handbook Podcast Facebook page. Yeah. Exactly, yes. Which is a little um, easier to type into the search bar. And if you want comments, uh, we will. when we come back in July, there have been a few... Um, iTunes reviews, anything like that. If you want to get it in, you can email us. I will remember to check emails, um, but also Instagram, Facebook, whatever. We will read it. We'll talk about it. We are all down We're for so all excited. of it. We're so excited. This is a fun journey. We're all going to go on together. <laughs> yes. So join us. I don't even think we've set a date. Join but, us in July. Um, join us in July for a, another quick recap of handbook for mortals before we start on i'm gonna warn you all now it's not gonna be quick i have a lot to say and nobody who's wanted to listen to me (laughs) by quick i mean one maybe two episodes not another 23 yeah so please don't make me read this book again all right (laughs) all right we have no closer so until then bye bye